Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Check one, two. Can you hear me? What's up, family? All right. Praise God. It is an honor uh, to be here with you this morning. Um, and so uh, and I pre- so appreciate Pastor... Uh, for the invite, and uh, and so just to give you a little more background, just so you get to know me, because you're trying to figure out how did this kid become an evangelist, right? Because I can see some of y'all looking at me like he's about 13. So I am 39. Uh, I got saved when I was 19. And uh, just to give you some background, uh, before that, I never knew who Jesus was. Now, when I say that, I'm not speaking in terms of I grew up in religion. Or I'm not speaking in terms of, well, I went to church every Sunday, but I didn't know. No, I literally did not know. Uh, I didn't know what a Bible was. I heard of the Bible, but I never read it. Uh, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was about. I never heard of Jesus. My family wasn't a family that went to church or anything like that. So I was never around it. I'm from uh, northern New Jersey. And so it's not like down here, you know, my state of Virginia, and then coming down this way where there's a church on every corner. There's really not churches all around New Jersey like that. Um, and so I never heard the gospel. So through a series of events, I decided to leave my mother's house at 18, moved to Wichita Falls, Texas. Stayed there for about a year and a half. Still never heard the gospel. Uh, still never had anybody witness to me. Still never had anybody speak to me or anything like that. Ended up moving to Virginia. Uh, and on a uh, December 31st, we had, they had a concert, end of the year concert. And, uh, and I was told that if I didn't show up, I was going to get kicked out. I was living with my friend and his wife. And so she said she had just gotten saved in October. And she said, if you don't come, you're not going to have a place to stay. Well, you need a place to stay, folks. And so I said, let me go <laughs> and uh, let me have a place where I can still eat. Amen. And so went there uh, and it, it was incredible. I've never seen so many happy faces. I've never seen so many people with genuine joy. I, I, uh, to be quite honest with you, I've never seen such a mixture of races, Come on. Come on. to be very honest with you. And so all that, so I'm, you know, so, you know, I'm freaked out at this point. Now I'm like, okay, what's going on here? This is weird. And so uh, my, uh, the pastor at the time was Pastor James Azari. That was my first pastor. And, um, and so he's preaching and I'm starting to get nervous. I can feel my heart beating. And this has never happened since, folks, and I kid you not. My palms started sweating. My palms never sweat. Never. Since then and before, I mean, never. I'm sweating. I'm getting nervous. He's talking about this Jesus and, and you need you. And I'm like, that, that's what I've been looking for. This is what I've been looking for. I, I went to the drugs and it didn't work. Come on, somebody. I, I went to the relationships, but I was still empty. I, I tried to do it in, you know, in career and different things and it never worked. And I heard that wonderful name of Christ. And I raised, I don't even remember what happened. For, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm sitting probably in the third row like this, and my hand just went up. And I'm looking at my hand like, what am I doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, 
I just know this is what I'm this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. Nineteen years later, still here. My wife got saved in February of the following year and I've been married 17 years now. And so I'm young old, as I tell the guys up there, I'm young old. I'm, I've been around, but I'm, you know, I'm still kind of sort of slightly kind of young. And so that's just a, uh, a snippet of my testimony. But uh, church, listen, serve God, man. 19 years going on. This is my 20th year now. And, 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 and it's still just an awesome. I don't like to say journey. It's an awesome mission because I know what I'm supposed to be doing. It's an awesome mission, and I just encourage you, if you're not a part of that mission, join the mission of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to have a good time, folks. So I'm going to let you know right now. I'm a little crazy. I jump around a little bit. I mean, if you, if you don't, that's cool. Just don't judge me. That's all I'm asking. Just don't judge me for what you don't do. All right? All right. I just want to make sure. Okay, again, thank you for the opportunity, Pastor. Thank you. Uh, I've watched Pastor Grabowska a long time. His wife, I remember... And I don't know. I don't know if they remember this. I remember when Miss Carrie came to Newport News and did like a women's thing at our church. And I wasn't married at the time. And I was like, man, I can't wait for my wife to come one of these so she can learn how to. <laughs> I so that was years ago. And so and so I've always watched from afar. I watched this church from afar. And so you have you guys have have definitely. And I remember coming here as a new convert. Yeah, I remember coming here. I remember playing basketball with Josiah. I remember. Look, now I'm coming back. I remember. Gosh, I'm old. All right, let's go. Genesis chapter 2. Come on, y'all. But again, thank you guys. And we're going to have a good time. Can you say amen? amen. Not because of me. Don't, don't, not because of me. We're going to have a good time because we're seeking out Christ. Come on. Amen. Huh? You understand? We're, we're going to have a good time because we're asking Jesus help us. Revive us. The word revival means to make alive again. God, whatever is dead in my life, whatever is jacked up, God, whatever I need to fit, God, make it alive again. Huh? All right. Okay. I'm just making sure I'm in the right church. Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter two. For a moment, I want to speak to you about a scripture we've all read that we've all heard in Sunday school, but has so much tremendous meaning within it. And I think sometimes we miss it. I know I did. And so we just want to jump right into the scripture this morning. Genesis chapter 2, we're going to read verses 15 through 17, and we're going to ask God to help us this morning. The Bible tells us this, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Church, let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you. I give you all the praise and glory this morning. God, I don't come in my own ability, but God, I veil myself behind you, Lord. I pray, let us see you this morning. And I pray, let us make decisions for you, God. God, as your spirit is in this place, God, as the atmosphere is conducive to the Holy Ghost, I pray, help us. And God, I pray, grant us the grace, God, to come before your throne. We thank you and we give you all the praise in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen and amen. The two, if you're taking notes, amen, the two. Let's look firstly at the garden. Before we do that, I got to take this jacket off. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm hot-blooded. Let's look at the garden for a moment. We see in the chapter, amen, chapter one, as we run into chapter two, now we get a closer glimpse of the Garden of Eden and the better specifics of that garden. 
what was made in it, but also what Adam was to do in the garden. Verse 15 of our text, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. This is a picture of the will of God. It's that life was created with a purpose. Can somebody shout amen? A specific purpose. Amen. Adam was to tend and keep the garden, the garden being life and Adam fulfilling what God wanted him to do in that life. You still with me? All right. The word tend in the text means to work or serve. The phrase keep it means to guard or protect. So what we gather here is that God, amen, has a will for your life, that he has things he wants you to fulfill, and he wants you to do it through and glorify him. But we must serve in that will, and we must protect what God has given us. You, you, you still with me? That God in the garden saying, I have a purpose, a specific will. I'm setting you into this will. And so if I'm going to set you here, you got to serve in it, but not just serve in it and function, but you also got to protect it. It means you just can't let it go. You just can't let it be whatever. You have to protect. See, the will of God, ladies and gentlemen, must be so dear to us that we are not willing to relinquish it nor sacrifice it for anything. Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The picture of the garden and Adam is a clear picture of the intent or heart concerning God and you and I. Listen, you're not here on this earth just cause. Did you hear? I'm going to talk to this side, this side. I think y'all with me. I'm, I'm going to get back here in a minute, but I think y'all with me. I said, you're not just here. Okay, y'all not with me. Okay, I'm going to just try right. You're not just here. They with me. All right, I'm going to talk right here. That God had a purpose. That there is something specific that you should be serving in and protecting. Also notice here. That Adam had no knowledge outside of God. In other words, everything would have come from God. Adam, amen, would not just had a great dependency. He would have had a total dependency on God, not relying on his own thoughts, not forming his own opinions, but in total trust to God. Listen to me. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. If we are going to serve in the will of God, if we are going to protect what God has given us, there has to be a total dependency. Can somebody say amen? That it can't be a great, it has to be a total dependency that we don't form our opinions based upon ourselves, but based on what God has said. We don't form our thoughts based upon what everybody else thinks, but what God has said. I was in Food Lion yesterday, wanted to grab uh, some green goodness. I love green goodness. I don't know if y'all know that, that green goodness drink, man. Oh, love it. Amen. Anyway, um, so I'm, I'm at the counter and I'm, and I'm paying for it. And, and, and there's three ladies, they work there and they're talking about the Roe versus Wade. Now, you already know. But I'm aggressive. <laughs> and sometimes, folks, I just can't help myself. I know that I should have just paid. You know what? I'm not but I can't help myself. So I paid it, and they were talking about, it, like, yeah, this sets us back 50 years. I said, so 
So I said, so what y'all think about this? Well, this ain't right. This, this, well, what does God say? Forget you and me. Because I believe that watermelon should be the national fruit of America. But what, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? You may think it's pineapple. What, who, well, who's right? But when we bring God into it, come on, somebody. And so I said, hey, forget your opinion about it. Forget even my opinion about it. What has God has to say about it? Oh, whatever. Oh, whatever you girl. <laughs> what does God has to say? Because that's who forms our opinions. Amen. That's who forms our thoughts. That's who forms our perceptions. Come on, somebody. That's who forms our speech. And this is what Adam had in the garden. In the will of God, there has to be a total dependency. You can't jump in the garden and then jump into somebody else's garden. Come on. You, you, you can't jump around. Amen. There has to be total dependency. I tell my children all the time, either God is or he isn't. And if he is, we give him everything. And if he isn't, we give him nothing. See, Adam shows us. He didn't rely on his own, his own. That's why Proverbs 3 and 5, we know the scripture, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. See, this was the vision of God for humanity. This is what the garden shows us, the, the true motive of God, not what we see today with all the immorality. But for man to live with total dependency on God without wavering as they serve and protect what God has given him. The original plan. But old church, as we move along, we come to verse 16 of our main text. And the Lord God commanded him, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So think with me here. We have here perfection. We have the perfect will, the perfect environment. The first spoken command of God in the garden to Adam was the first part of every command. He said, you can eat of every tree freely. Adam, I have placed you in my will with purpose, but Adam, you're not a robot. Adam, you have a choice. Adam, I'm not, I'm not pre-programming you to only love me. But Adam, you have a choice in this garden. And there are plenty of choices around. See, God has a plan. And one of the beauties of Christ is that he has a plan that he will not force upon you, yet you must choose it. You have to align your life with the plan. It is not something that God throws a net on you and wraps you up and throws you in a cage and say, until you, until you figure it out, then I'll let you out the cage. No, 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 no. You have to say, God, I'm willing to align with the plan. God, I'm willing to align with your word. Come on. Is anybody with me? I'm willing to align with what you have said. I'm willing to align with what you have put down. God, I'm willing to align with what you have established. So Adam here has many choices, just like you and I. There are many choices, church. There are a lot of things you can do. But come on, I don't mean you should do all of them, huh? Again, verse 17. But the knowledge, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Adam, all things are open to you. But God is warning Adam, this tree of good and evil is off limits. Don't touch it. 
So I want you to think with me here about the will of God. Adam, you have freedom to choose between the tree of good and evil, but you have access to all the other ones. Because if you drink of this one or eat of this one, this tree will kill you. But through the serpent, we know what he does. He eats of the fruit, and now he has to bear the fruit of the fruit. Did you hear what I said? He partook of what he wasn't supposed to, and now he has to bear that fruit. Church, if I can just, if you can just hear me, if you just from, listen to me, everything you do is going to bear some type of fruit. Oh, please don't think that it was just one time. Oh, please don't think that it was just back then. Oh, please don't think, well, you know, it, it can't, nobody knows. It doesn't matter, church. There will be a time where that's going to bear some type of fruit. It's going to bear some type of fruit. Genesis 3 and 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. And they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Look at what happened when they partook of what they wasn't supposed to. Stay with me. Number one, they sewed fig leaves. No longer dependent on God, now they're trying to cover themselves. They were free. It was cool. Everything was great. But once they partook of what they weren't supposed to, now it's no longer about what God can do, how God covers. No, we got to do it ourselves. See, partaking of the wrong fruit will always begun, begin to make you look inward. What can I do? How can I figure this out? How can I make a way? How can I do this? How can I do that? They sowed fig leaves. They didn't repent, church. They didn't say, God, forgive us. They said, no, let's make a way that we can cover up what we did. So number one, when you partake of the tree, the wrong tree, you begin to lose dependency on God. The Bible says they hid themselves. Now they're using their own intellect. Remember what I said in the beginning? He was totally dependent on God. All his thoughts, all his information, everything he was came from God. But now they're thinking, we got to, you know, let's hide ourselves. So now we're going to sow fig leaves. We're going to depend on our ability. And now we're going to go and use our intellect and try to figure out how to masquerade what just happened. Oh, come on, church. Because some of us have been there. Huh? You're going to find out this week. I'm real, man. We have been there. We have tried to masquerade what we did. Huh? We tried to cover it. We said, no, 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 no. We're going to hide from pastor. He walks this way, you walk this way. You're going to hide from brethren. Huh? You're going to hide from different things. Why? Because you're using your intellect. You're saying, well, if everybody knows, they're going to think a certain way about me. If everybody knows, then something's going to... No, I'm just going to hide it. You're using your own mind. Because the Bible doesn't say hide your sin. It says let it be exposed. But you see what happens when we take the wrong fruit. When we take the fruit of this world, come on, somebody. When we take the fruit of the culture, when we take the fruit of what they are saying, what those people outside of the four walls of the uh, of church, what those who say who oppose the gospel are saying, and we begin to take those fruits. Listen to me. Your own intellect will come in. I've ran into so many people, especially in my area. Man, I can't stand this Hebrew Israelite stuff. Man, I, oh, if I wasn't saved, I'd knock somebody out. You understand what I'm saying? I'd, I'd, I'd hit somebody. Because they're using their intellect and saying, no, we are this and we're that. Because 
And it's, it's foolishness. But it's drawing many and many away from the kingdom of God. I know three of my own brethren that I labor with drawn away. Because they start using their own intellect. Amen. Because they start taking up the wrong tree. And it tasted good and it looked good. Come on, you, you, you follow what I'm saying here, church? Amen. Is that these things happen. This is what the garden, the garden is not just a good uh, uh, Easter, uh, uh, excuse me, not just a good, amen, Sunday school story. But there are some real principles here that we need to take in. And one is we can't eat the fruit of every tree. Amen. And the third thing that they realized they were naked. Now they're judging through their own eye. No longer a spiritual eye. Now they see what they are. Now they're seeing, wait a minute. Now they're seeing in the physical. Can you say amen? All these things begin to happen. Now we are no longer spiritual sighted people. Now we just look at the physical. Pastor, I got a word. But before, brother, you would say that, you know, you, you're going to tell them straight up. No, 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 I can't do it this time. Physical eye. This choice is a picture of someone who decides to do what is forbidden. Because they didn't fight off the temptation. And if we choose this tree, this type of fruit births something. James 1.15. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. This tree causes man to become independent of God. To become their own persons. To become so that God is no longer God of their lives. It brought death and destruction, both spiritually and physically. Church, can I ask you a question? Have you chosen this tree? Come on, folks, we got to be honest about it. Have you chosen this tree? Are you starting to partake of fruit that God said, don't, don't touch that? You know, in my, in my house in Portsmouth, I have this tree. It's a big dead tree. But it costs so much to cut it down. I'm like, just leave it there as long as it don't fall. <laughs> and so this tree has these red ants, these little red. I don't know what they are, these little red things. And I tell my sons, I said, don't touch that tree. I'm, I, I'm not a bug person, right? I don't know. And I ain't trying to find out. Because if I try to find out, it's going to probably cost me money by taking you to the hospital and getting you the prescriptions and do, it's going to take me money. I don't feel like spending money when I tell you don't touch the tree. Don't touch the tree. Well, I have two boys. They don't listen, right? Come on, man. We... Now I have to touch the tree. So what do they do? They touch the tree. My head bites and all. I'm like, ah, oh, what is that? You touched that tree, didn't you? You can't lie because the tree don't move. So in their minds, they're trying to be like, well, well, Nehemiah pushed me. He pushed you into the tree that long where your hand grabbed it, stayed there enough for the ants to get on it and bite you. Boy, please stop playing with me. You touched the tree, didn't you? All these bites. And, you know, my wife's like, get the hydrocortisone. I'm like, no, let them no, let them fit that a little bit. They'll fit that sting a little bit. It's not poisonous. I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe that's why the tree died. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, you assume. I don't know. But it just painted the picture like you wanted so bad to touch something 
that was so dangerous, and now your hand is the result. All those bumps and all, and all that pain you're feeling, and all, and we're trying to figure out, well, I just wanted to touch a tree. Listen to me, listen. If, if, if God's saying don't go there, listen, we don't have to find out why he's saying don't go there. We don't have to try to figure that part out. Like, well, why was he trying? No, 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 no. Don't touch the tree. You know what's interesting about Genesis? It only names two trees by name. We have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But then we're, we come across this other tree. And I'm going to begin to wind this down. Let's talk about the tree of life, church. Genesis 3.22. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now least he put his hand out and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he has taken, which he was taken, excuse me. So he drove the man out and he placed a cherubim in the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword was turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Notice that God never told Adam that he couldn't take of the tree of life. He never said he couldn't take it. Just keep that in your mind. Also notice, again, there are only two trees, two trees named here. Two choices. Okay, stay with me. Also notice that Satan is associated with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because it was Satan that came in. Right. And begin to wind up Eve and begin to talk about that tree that she couldn't touch. So in seeing this, we conclude a couple of things. One, the tree of life is a picture of God for God is life. He was in created. He created this life. Can you say amen? And the fruit of that tree is salvation. It's a picture of the gospel. The Garden of Eden is a picture of life, Jesus, and the gospel. Don't choose the tree of sin, if you will, but choose the tree of life. Adam, I never forbade you not to, to touch this tree. I just said, don't touch that one. I never forbade you from life. I was trying to save you from death. I was trying to save you from death. I was trying to save you from death, Adam. We partake of the tree of life is a picture of partaking in Jesus. This is why God never told Adam not to take of that tree. He wanted him to. He wanted Adam to have life. That's why it was one of the options. See, salvation is what God wants us to have from the beginning. From the beginning. From Genesis, it was always about salvation. It was always about being with God. It was always about God wanting his people. In church, he doesn't forbid you and I to come. Can you say amen? He doesn't forbid us to come to him even now when we've messed up and even when we have partaken of the wrong tree. Amen. You can still come. Somebody shout amen. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He is still saying, come to the tree of life. Two trees that represent two destinies. 
a life with God forever and eternal life and a life without God. Separation. What does the Bible tell us? That he kicked the man out of the garden and put a cherubim in front of the tree of life so that he could not partake of it. It represents separation. That's what sin does, folks. Don't get it twisted this morning. Don't think, oh, no, 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 I'll be okay. No, 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 you won't be okay. There is a separation that takes place. That's why God wanted you to eat of the tree of life. That brings reconciliation. Oh, come on. That brings together. That brings unity. That reconciles our lives to God. All this in the garden. All of this in the garden. See, the tree of life speaks of obedience to God. It speaks of what Romans 6.23 tells us. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life is the fruit of the tree of life. Church, what are you partaking of this morning? Because I'm here to tell you, listen to me. If you don't hear nothing else I say, listen, there's a tree of life still living, still thriving, that still produces fruit, that still produces something we can partake of this morning. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter how bad it's been. Oh, there's a tree of life in your garden. Hmm. There's a tree of life in your garden. But the question is, church, on this first day of revival, and if we say we want to be revived, what tree are we partaking of? What tree? Listen, I don't care if you've been here 30 years. I don't care if you've been here 1,000 years. I don't care if you've been here one year. We all have the capability of taking the wrong tree. But thank God in his grace. Oh, thank God in his mercy that he was still, listen to me, he would still give the invitation for the tree of life. You know, my sons, again, I have, I have three children. I have two boys, a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old, and then a 5-year-old. Y'all pray for me. Because my little girl is five. And I don't know what happened. I was tough, y'all. I was, you know what I'm saying? I was tough. My boys, what you say to me? Huh? My little girl's like, baby, no, no, no. Don't paint daddy's car. Stop. Anybody got daughters? You know what I'm saying? You just, I don't know what happened. No, 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 no. It's okay you busted my tires. Don't worry about it, baby. We'll, I can always get new tires. <laughs> we just get soft, man. So my daughter, in her beauty, my daughter, my beautiful daughter, my miracle daughter, she decides that it's a really good idea to just write on everything. Everything, life becomes her canvas. And she takes her fat crayons. I can't stand her fat. I don't know why. I think it's because of what happened. But she takes her fat and just, woo, just goes. So obviously, as you're a homeowner or you're a renter, you pay money where you stay at. You don't want to see crayon and especially bad artwork on your wall. Come on. If it was graffiti, look, I'd be like, all right, well, I don't want it there. But look, I can still have people over. Not a bunch of scribble scrabbles and stick figures that don't look like me or nobody in this house that now I got to deal with. I come home and I see all this. And now I'm, because I'm, I thought it was the boys. Who did this? I can't believe you. Who did this? Tell me now. Evelyn. 
Evelyn? Not my baby. No, 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 no. You two knuckleheads. Yes, not my baby. She looks at me. She's like, Daddy, I'm sorry. And everything in me was like, man, you need to discipline her and send her to her room and let her think about what she did. But then God, it was like I was looking, I was like, man, is this how God looked at us when we scribble and do, and everything ends like, ah, grace. I'm going to still give you an opportunity for grace. So I'm looking at her, and I go, you know what? I said, baby girl, look, you can't do this. Don't do it again. You understand me? Yeah, Dad, I won't do it again. Okay, I want you to break a crayon show me you won't do it. <laughs> break the crayon. I said, oh, she broke the crayon. Okay, I, I believe her. <laughs> Good enough for me. I walk up, my wife is like, oh, no, said, oh, that's it, baby. She broke the sin. She broke the bondage. Come on, somebody. She broke it. <laughs> but it was just that an overwhelming feeling, you know, I need to show her grace here because of my love for her. I know what she did. I know what's wrong. I know the statues I said. I know the statues my wife said. But there are times we just show grace because of our love. God has set statues. God has set things. We know what we shouldn't do. But listen to me. Thank God for his love and his grace that if we do, we can come back to him and break the crayon, if you will. And say, God, I know what I did was wrong. And I'm going to start partaking of your tree now. I'm not going to partake of the tree of flesh. I'm not going to partake of the tree of a cold heart. I'm not going to partake of the tree of trauma. I'm going to partake of the tree of God. And thank God that it's still available. Can somebody just shout at me? Can you give God praise that it's still available? Can you thank God that the tree is still available? The tree is still available. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.